Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the Ten of Cups and the Return of the Hero. Today's show will focus on the Page of Cups and Eros. about stories, cups, and symbols, and all of the above, Myth Tarot Love. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new-aged wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Yay. Hello. <laughs> Uh, so we are finally on our first court card. Woo. Yay! <laughs> as as you were singing and saying cups, and we are getting to the court cards and to the end of the cups, I got a little sad. You got a little sad? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soon there will be another version of the our theme song mm. when we look at uh, the pentacles. <laughs> yes. Um, but a slight version. Some listeners are probably like, what? No, it's the same theme song. There and you haven't a, been listening. <laughs> there's like a little little change here and there. A little Easter egg in <laughs> a little there. Easter egg. Anyways, yeah. So we're talking about our page of cups today. And uh, I'd like to first talk a little bit about who what like what were pages? Um, where is this idea of a page come from? Mm -hmm. Right? So uh, Biddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, so pages um, were <laughs> from medieval times. Yeah. Yes. So I think they're basically like almost like a squire is how mm -hmm. I would describe them to a knight. They would typically be a young man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they young, would have to be from a, a young boy, probably from a certain class. Um, I think it was I don't more think likely. It would be anyone. Yeah, I think it was more likely that you'd have like upper classes yeah. and pages because no normally they were literate as well. Yeah, so right? then they'd be up more upper class, probably in training and learning to be mm -hmm. a knight themselves. Yeah. So not everyone, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and not females either. Generally, although in, in more modern tarot decks, pages are often represented as young girls as well. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, so our pages in the tarot often, like, I, I've always interpreted them as either being students or messengers, um, sometimes both. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this idea kind of comes from how uh, knights would send their page out uh, to run errands for mm -hmm. them, and oftentimes that might have been, like, a message, sending a message to someone. So they were, you know, studying to be a knight, but they were also messengers yeah. because that was that was kind of their job in the in the meantime. Um, so for when it comes to the Page of Cups in particular, I like to think of him as um, the page that is training to become the Knight of Cups, mm. right? So mm. uh, I think about what does it mean to be a student, what does it mean to be a messenger, and how does that become affected when you're looking at the suit of the cups. And if we remember, the cups is uh, that of emotions, that of intuition, that of relationships. And so when the page of cups appears, oftentimes I think he's he's kind of telling us that we're in a time of, um, of being a student of a relationship, um, or we're being students of 
um, of our intuition and of our imagination. But generally, the Page of Cups is also a person. Mm. And that's the kind of interesting thing about the court cards is that they're all actually represented by people who have their own personalities. Okay. Right? So when it comes to the Page of Cups, we have uh, a young boy who's got, like, just the most vivid of imaginations. Um, he's very emotional, very... Um, he, like, he's, he's just got this wild imagination, right? Um, and... Almost like head in the clouds or like looking yeah, up at the clouds. Yeah, like such a dreamer. Like yeah. he's, a, he's a, a really big dreamer, but he's also kind of reserved. Mm. Like he's not very outgoing. Um, he's more of this like quiet, imaginative kid who might spend most of his time writing and reading books <laughs> rather than Sounds good actually to me. <laughs> engaging. I know. <laughs> uh, than actually engaging with other people. Although when he does engage with other people, he's very emotional. He's very, he cares very deeply about the people he talks with. Um, and he has this like absolute innocence about him. Um, so and one of the one of the reasons is that he comes off as being very innocent is that he's he never suppresses his emotions. He never suppresses his and as a result he also doesn't suppress that intuitive power that comes from from the emotions. Um he's completely he and he kind of comes off as being very free because of that, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's not inhibited at all. Um yeah. as as some of us become when we when we age <laughs> yes uh, a little bit yeah and you um, realize what the consequences of things could be you're not just dreaming I yeah guess. exactly like he doesn't necessarily think about the consequences because he's more just in a in a dreamland mm. um but he's he's not completely in a dreamland like he does um he does have a little like he is studying to be more grounded so there is sometimes this uh, this uh, groundingness, is, like he's standing. His feet is on the ground, not yes, in water. Exactly. Okay. okay. So let's describe a little bit about what the page of cups looks like. He is uh, a young, a youth, a youthful boy. Um, although he appears to be like not exactly a child in the Rider Waite Smith deck, more like an adolescence, I guess. Yeah, he's more like a teenage boy, yeah. um, and he's standing on a very solid ground. Um, it's completely. So the ground that he's standing on is yellow, and it's it's completely flat and horizontal, which I think shows that he's very sturdy and very steady. But immediately behind him, there's these rolling waves, and the rolling waves, I think, are representing his emotions. Mm -hmm. He he stands with uh, kind of a little bit of whimsy, like he's he's standing a little bit uh, with his one hand on his hip, uh, almost like uh, like he's relaxed. Mm -hmm. And he's smiling, and he's um, he's smiling gently into the cup that he's holding, and out of the cup is a fish, and fish are are actually messengers of the intuition. Um, they they represent symbols of like what lies beneath the surface. <laughs> like when you think about it, like a fish swimming around catching a fish, um, it's always rep like it, it's kind of a symbol of. Um, needing to wait and be patient 
but also when it happens that you actually catch the fish, it's like, oh, uh, I, I had to rely on my instincts to get this. Mm. And um, fish also are native to water, which is a symbol of the emotions and the subconscious. So the fact that this fish is, is popping out and meeting the page of cups uh, shows that he has this, this ability to communicate um, very effectively with his imagination and effectively with his intuition. Um, the Page of Cups is wearing a very interesting hat. <laughs> <laughs> it almost looks like waves it itself. It does. Um, it's a blue hat and it's kind of cascading around his shoulders and he's got this like blue tunic on and it's got a lot of tulips on the tunic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also dressed in red. Um, so you have red and blue and yellow being our main colors, and the background is is very simple gray. It's a lot of primary colors, a lot of mm-hmm. which I don't know if it'd speak to like the simplicity of. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the building blocks that form the imagination. Mm-hmm. I would say is kind of what's being represented here by the page of cups. He's very very innocent, very well meaning. Um, like he he always has he always trusts that there's good in everyone. He's Kind of that that idealistic youth. Um, when when a court card appears, it often represents a person. Okay. Right. Uh, but it can represent also a person that's outside of the person I'm reading for, or within the person I'm reading for. Right. So these might be aspects like if if it's coming up in a tarot reading, these might be aspects um, that need to be. Uh, like enhanced within a person uh, mm. that I'm reading for. So like there's a little bit of the page of cups in all of us says the tarot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if they're rep- being represented as a person outside of us, then it would be, this is how we see a particular person in our life. And that person is being represented as a page of cups. Mm. So there might be quite a few pages of cups in our lives. If you're lucky, <laughs> I think, because I think the page of cups is, uh, a wonderful person to have in your life because hmm. um, they're just so optimistic and um, yeah I definitely see a little bit of the page of cups in myself <laughs> being a little bit of a dreamer and yeah wanting to see the good in everyone um, however sometimes the page of cups will also represent an experience um, so it, so the page of cups might actually be taking on the role of that messenger and in those cases, the Page of Cups can often predict things like uh, a new relationship, a new mm-hmm. friendship that's going to be formed, um, or also perhaps uh, a new new level of happiness in a current relationship. But it can also mean uh, a new child, like mm. perhaps a pregnancy. Um, so those are the kinds of messages that the Page of Cups might bring. It's kind of funny that you said that he's he's looking at the fish. It's almost like he could be talking to the fish. and like It seems kind of, kind of like, like it, It's like yeah. almost like he's getting a message from the fish, or I don't know. The way he talks, like the way he's looking at the fish, it does kind of look like he's looking at an old friend, mm-hmm. right? It's it's fun. Like there's, the, there's definitely a sense of whimsy I get from the Page of Cups. Yeah. Like he... He looks at the world not necessarily as it is, but as it could be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a nice way. <laughs> it, it is nice. And, you know, he's, he's, he's fun and playful. And um, 
and, and very imaginative. Like he 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 does he is totally okay with letting his imagination take hold and plays with it and has fun. Um, and it, it's kind of through this that he's able to create the world that he wants to be a reality. It's mm-hmm. it's not so much that he waits for the world to be the way he wants it to be. He just right. pretends it already is. <laughs> Which sometimes, I guess, if you yeah. feel like, or not feel, but if you believe in, like, manifestation, then that could be, like, he's dreaming about it and it could come, it, it could become reality because of that. It's or possible, but he's I He's not really, it's not like, he's not the magician, to the, to the but... Page of Cups, it's not so much a magician, yeah, like, the magician is more like manifesting yeah. reality, right? With the Page of Cups, he cares more about just having fun. Okay. Just having fun in the now, and uh, reality isn't really that important to him. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> right? Um, reality is more important to the Knight of Cups, and the Page of Cups is studying to be more realistic. Mm. Um, so more of like the university student that or college student that's having fun and dreaming. Yeah. Like while he, learning, but not not fully not grounded necessarily take, in the situation. Yeah, well... He, like, he is grounded. He does try to remain... He does try to keep a certain amount of reality to to keep him steady, but he will also let his imagination run away with him, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, he doesn't... He doesn't... Okay, he doesn't get so caught up in his imagination that it, it gets him into trouble, okay. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? He, he more just lets his imagination um, loose in order to play with it. Okay. <laughs> So he's more interested in playing with possibilities than he is with um, completely being uh, disassociated from reality. Okay. Which is a, a little bit different. Um, he, he Sometimes he can, he can also help people cope with conflict or cope with a difficult situation by, uh, by encouraging them to use their imagination and, and try to find ways of being more playful and and dream their way through it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, or, like, to look look at it from a different perspective. I like your yeah. situation, like, not to be, like, I guess, yeah, like, to look to your imagination, to your dreams. Yeah, exactly. He, he's always teaching us to look more to our dreams. Um, and he definitely is a um, someone that encourages us to always have hope. Um, I would say more so than the energy of the, of the magician, he has the energy of the star, mm. right? Which is mm-hmm. that, that sense of faith and that sense of, uh, of guiding idealism. Uh, but he also just kind of plays with reality mm. as well, <laughs> uh, with his imagination and, you know, talking to the fish in his cup. <laughs> um, yeah, and he he comes in with a with a very swift energy as well. Like he he will give a message for a new relationship, and things can be kind of crazy. But yeah, that's that's so that is our page of cups. Um, and when we were describing him earlier, you mentioned that he reminded you of Eros. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, especially because like you're describing him as more of like a young. Man, like a like a youthful yeah, young, essence, young boy, young, boy. young romantic boy, romantic emotions, and I'm like, yeah. hmm, romantic and imaginative. Yeah, this is like could be the start of a new relationship, and then I'm like, okay, I think I know who this is. <laughs> yeah, so definitely Eros, um, also known as Cupid. Yeah, 
Yay. I think more people commonly um, yeah, well, would recognize. Definitely. Cupid, especially around uh, Valentine's Day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so Cupid's that little uh, baby flying Cherub. around. Yeah. <laughs> little, little baby This bow and arrow. E- yes, yeah. <laughs> I guess now we would see him as more of an angel, I guess, mm-hmm. the cherub, because of the wings, but... Before he was a god. <laughs> now he's been downgraded. He's, I don't know if angels downgrade. Maybe from a god? Although from, as Eros, right? Oh, yeah, I guess from a god, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Although as Eros, he uh, definitely was, like, is Eros one of the roots for erotic? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like, you know, representing him as a, as a child is a little weird. <laughs> the Greeks and Romans did not worry about weird. <laughs> they did yes. not. Nope. So, okay, so I'll go into, I guess, who they were and associations and, and tell a little bit of a story. Um, so Eros is actually, think of him more of a god of attraction so and sexual desires and sexual attraction, mm-hmm. um, but also love. So, in myth, um, he is seen as either two ways. So, one way, um, as he is seen as being one of, actually, the first gods to have come out of chaos. So, this we get from Hesiod in the Theogony. He was, I think, the fourth god to come out after, like, Gaia and Tartarus. And because he's the fourth god. The fourth. Um, and, again, it's, it's more of that idea of that he's a force of attraction. So, mm-hmm. how I like to describe that is almost like gravity. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, yeah. and, which would then make sense if he was one of the first gods in existence, because, you know, we have the earth and the underworld yeah. and then gravity that keeps I love, us here. I love that the force of attraction was something that was so old of an idea. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and even when you think about if you're in love with someone, you do kind of feel that draw to them. Yeah. yeah. So that's one way that, that, um, Eros is. I guess it's kind of depicted, but one of his myths of his creation. Um, in later myths, he is known as the child of Aphrodite and Ares, um, which is, I think, the more common association. And then yeah. in the Roman equivalent of Cupid, he is Cupid is the son of Venus, which is, again, the Roman yeah, equivalent of Aphrodite. So, yeah. he, and he's seen with her a lot, too, in a lot of images, a lot of statues, um, that sort of thing. He's mm-hmm. seen often with Aphrodite or Venus. And, and Aphrodite is, like, the goddess of sex, pretty much. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely more the goddess of sex. whereas And beauty, whereas Eros is more the god of the desire, the attraction, the love that you feel towards mm-hmm. someone. So that's why we think if you're is um, Eros, struck... Is but, Eros more love or lust? Love. Okay. Where Aphrodite is more lust. Okay. So if you think yeah. in, the, in the hymn to Aphrodite, she just has to kind of hover over <laughs> animals and they just go into their caves and start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely lust, whereas Eros is love. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so Cupid is more depicted as a child, um, whereas Eros is often represented as a winged adult um, who embodies, like, full sexualized power. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. um, His attributes, um, like, things that he's shown with, depicted with, often include the bow and arrow, which makes sense, Mm -hmm. um, and the lyre. 
So it's a, like a musical instrument. That's spelled L-Y-R-E. R-E. Yeah. Yeah, not liar, L-I-A-R. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so he's also seen with dolphins, flutes, roosters, which I think is funny, mm-hmm. um, roses, and torches. Okay. So if you see a god with one of those things and he's a little young or sometimes older, um, that would be Eros. Um, but he can be a little bit of a troublemaker sometimes too, especially when he pricks you with one of his arrows. Yeah. Um, I've definitely seen quite a few, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> a few stories that involve that. Exactly. I think most people know, know at least one story. So, um, a quick anecdote, which we'll actually talk more about next week was in the Argonautica where, um, he pricked Medea with his, with his bow or sorry his arrow with his arrow she fell in love with jason and helped him in his quest so Mm -hmm. for better or worse (laughs) yeah it'll so that's why i think it's funny that you know he said it's the start of a new relationships because he yeah because he pricks people and it it begins the relationship yes and it's funny because you even at the start of a relationship now if you think people will do the funniest silliest things for love and kind of mm-hmm. blank everything else out. And I feel like that that's interesting. But it's true. Yeah. It's the same way. Um, I, I've always thought it was interesting that, like, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when it comes, like, if you if you reach that higher level, the higher actualization, mm-hmm. um, or, like, in cases with love, it's kind of like the hierarchy of needs can be flipped on its head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Where you won't eat, you won't sleep, uh, you you don't care about your personal safety. Yeah. All that matters is that person that you care about. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as parents, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So maybe that's part of that idea of uh, impracticality versus our imagination. But sometimes mm-hmm. you decide what is important to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, or sometimes it's instinct with a new baby, I guess. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's instinct. Maybe it's love in its purest form. Yes. <laughs> Which could be Eros. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, Which is the god of love. Love, 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 love. This would have been a good one for Valentine's Day, but alas, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> maybe we'll maybe we'll have another, another Eros special. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll see what uh, other love stories I can come up with. Um, there is a kind of a love story that he is a part of, though, um, and it's called Cupid and Psyche, so... Mm, I love that story. quickly go over it. It's a really nice one, and it's told in different forms, um, but the specific one that I'll talk about is, co- comes from a novel called The Golden Ass. <laughs> so... <laughs> It sounds like a great novel. <laughs> it is. Basically, the main character gets turned into a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a good one. Um, and then he gets told this story of Cupid and Psyche um, within the novel. So it's like a little novelette, mm-hmm. if that's a word. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Novel within a novel. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a Latin novel, and it's, which was written by Apuleius about 180 CE. Um, in it, uh, Cupid is not depicted as a little boy like he regularly would be, um, but as a young adult, so more like Eros. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird that they, in the story, Cupid is like the Latinized version, um, but Psyche is the Greek, hmm. which is kind of interesting because um, the story itself can kind of be seen as an allegory, um, since 
psyche is Greek for the word soul, and cupido is the Latin word for love. Oh, love and soul. Yes, love and soul. So it's a story that's seen as like the education of the soul in the right approach to love. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So um, the story itself, too, is kind of reminiscent of a romantic fairy tale, Mm -hmm. um, complete with the magical castle, evil sisters, and helpful little critters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like this might be a Disney movie. <laughs> I feel like it is a little bit. Um, I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of Cinderella. Yeah. Well, there's like there's this like really um, old B movie called The Polar Bear King, which apparently follows the story a little bit of Cupid and Psyche. Oh, I don't. I don't think I've seen um, that one. It's like it's it's pretty old. Mm. I I really like um, weird. Abstract fantasy. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the penguin and the pebble. <laughs> no, no, I, that's a that's a different that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's, a, that's a cartoon from the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> cartoon movie from the nineties. Yes, we had a, we had a conversation about this recently. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, so um, the basic story of Cupid and Psyche. I'll just go over it quickly. Um, so basically Cupid falls in love with Psyche, Aphrodite, well, he was sent to kind of get rid of her because she was so pretty and Aphrodite was feeling jealous, or Venus, sorry, was feeling jealous, and so, oh, I know you have to go get rid of her, but he falls in love with her. And so he kind of whisks her away to his home, because that's what people do, right? You steal other people. Uh, (laughs) You steal other people. (laughs) Instead of killing her. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Psyche also actually ends up falling in love with him too. But her evil sisters trick her into wounding Cupid. Poor Cupid. Yeah. Wasn't there also like this thing where she wasn't allowed to see his face? That's exactly what I was oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. So um, Cupid was coming to Psyche and sleeping with her at night. So that way, yes, he couldn't mm-hmm. see or she couldn't see his face and know that he was a god. Um so, yeah, she'd never seen what he looked like. So, uh, Psyche's sister said, oh, he must be ugly and hideous then. If yeah. he's, you know, he's trying to hide his face, so obviously there's something, like, grotesque there about him. There must be something wrong here. Yeah. So, the next night, Psyche, um, after they have slept together, reaches for a candle to see his face. But the candle, the wax, kind of pours out a little bit and, and, and burns, burns him. him. And he kind of... He wakes up. He wakes up. He gets all scared. And she sees him. And then he, he leaves. He runs Home to mom. <laughs> to mommy Venus. <laughs> Mama Venus. <laughs> to Mama Venus. So, oh, <laughs> no. So, um, Venus then puts Psyche through some trials. She's trying to get um, Cupid back. And this is where we see kind of like that magical fairy tale. fairy tale come out. Um, in one of the trials, she had to sort, I believe it was beans, um, a big pile of beans in the middle of the night, and she only had one night to do it, so these little mice come and help her sort it out. That's adorable. It is really cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another one, she has to travel travel into the underworld um, and get, I believe it was a box um, from, not Penelope, Persephone. Mm -hmm. Um, Had some ointments of hers in there. So it was almost like a mini heroic quest that she kind of had yeah, to go on. Yeah, she goes on, on and, herself, yeah. Yeah, um, and then, of course, in the end, they do end up together and live happily ever after, like, any, oh. She proves herself sort of. Worthy, she, I Yeah, guess. she proves herself worthy. And yeah. That's good. And they end up together, so. 
Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if he's as close to the page of cups as could be, but he is that kind of emotional lover and, and a messenger, mm-hmm. or at least like a bringer of love and emotion. Yes, definitely. Like, he definitely is kind of a, a messenger type. Um, and the Page of Cups is, is also very romantic, right? So mm-hmm. it makes sense that he would uh, he would be, like, you know, falling in, helping people fall in love. That would mm-hmm. definitely be one of the things that the Page of Cups does. Um, yeah. I, don't know, I like this yeah. story because it's him falling in love. Yes, Which exactly. Which you don't really see often. Because he makes everyone else fall in love. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he fell in love too. <laughs> <laughs> Did he exactly. prick himself by accident? Did he? <laughs> oh, now I can't remember. I don't think so. That would be kind of a, t- a funny twist though, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, it would be. Although him running away to his mom kind of kind of reminds me of some, like, the negative aspects of the Page of Cups, which I didn't really mention very hmm. much. Um, yeah. Like, some of the negative aspects is that he can be moody and he can be impractical, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he, yeah, he can also seem very elusive and uh, he can kind of detach himself from the re- from reality and mm. and thus become kind of difficult to reach. Almost sounds a bit like Achilles when yeah. he's in his moody phase. He gets moody sometimes. Yeah. He gets moody and impractical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's p- partly because he is so emotional, right? Like sometimes his emotions kind of get the better of him and he might pout a bit. <laughs> um, but in gen- like generally the Page of Cups is always, look- is always wanting to help people. Um, and he's very studious and can be very brave as well. I'm kind of reminded of like Frodo. Frodo Beckins from Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah, because he's like, you know, he's a little, he's kind of dreamy and everything. He's also very brave and definitely Hobbit like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about all, all the, all the stories. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But also just really like deep down wants to help people. Yeah. And optimistic. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. Unless, of course, he takes on more than he can <laughs> handle. And then you have Sam to help get yeah, him the rest of the way. And then you need a <laughs> Sam. Page of Cups needs a Sam. Yeah. Um, Which, I, that's why I feel like Sam would be the Page of Cups and then Frodo would be the Knight of no, Cups. No, 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 no. Sam would be more like a Page of Pentacles. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Sam is, is, he has emotions, but he's way more practical than Frodo is. Mm, true. <laughs> That's true. He brings all the, the We just gear. start talking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> this, this episode is for all you Lord of the Rings fans, <laughs> where we ex- expose our true nerdiness. Yes. <laughs> and here we, I thought we were going to talk about Star Wars, I know. Star Wars just came out. <laughs> exactly. We were talking about it before, but yeah, no, I guess we'll give people more time maybe to watch it. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll no, talk no about spoilers. it. No spoilers. No spoilers. Other than yeah. it, I really enjoyed it. I did too. Yeah, I'm excited about all the all the Star Wars stuff. Anyways, uh, so we're <laughs> okay. out of we're out of time. Yes. for this particular that week brings us to the end. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening today. 
as always. Um, again, if you would like to support the show, the easiest way to do so is to tell a friend and spread the word. We would also really, really love it if you left us a review on iTunes. It helps more people to find the show, and it is really quick and easy to do, especially on your phone. Um, and we also have, again, our Facebook page and Instagram, or Facebook group and Instagram page. We are at Myth Tarot Love, where we are still posting our weekly tarot forecast. And That's right. Asking some questions and all that good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. What yeah. we got going on next week? Uh, so next week, we're going to look at the Knight of Cups and Jason, mm-hmm. who I very much feel is a knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our, our parting <laughs> words for today come from the American Tarot Association. In the darkest moments, dreams can often pr- provide a ray of hope through which the Page of Cups can manifest. So dare to dream, and all things become possible. Love